Hey there. Welcome back to another episode of MVP Business Podcast, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion. I'm Steph Silver, your host and uh, the founder of Vine Collective, a leadership, marketing, and branding agency. Today's guest is Ivy Kaiser. She's the executive director of Shoal Creek Conservancy. With a passion for preserving all natural spaces and resources, her personal goal is to instill this passion in others and provide simple and accessible ways to make a difference in people's lives and to protect the environment and wildlife. So her passions and goals align with ours and I'm really excited to, to talk to her today. Um, I, we are in the middle of COVID at the beginning and middle of protests and um, the world is in turmoil. Um, so the discussion is um, probably going to ebb and flow through some of that in um, the midst of talking about uh, our projects and, and what you have going on. Um, but, you know, there's, there's never, there's always um, an excuse, a reason to be out in nature, but even more so now, I think, as, as the world is kind of stumbling and fumbling around itself. <laughs> so... Ivy, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, uh, tell us, let's start off with you telling us a little bit about your history and the path that led you to the Conservancy. Sure, and thank you again for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, Shoal Creek Conservancy is a still newer position for me. I started about a year ago as the new executive director, uh, taking over for the founding executive director of the organization. And before that, I was working with REI, which is a national company, but we have a local uh, team in Austin that was in charge of doing all kinds of events and uh, outdoor recreation classes, educating people from all different walks of life, how to get outdoors, how to feel safe camping and kayaking and rock climbing and mountain biking and doing all the things that um, you know, I enjoy doing on a personal level that not everyone feels comfortable just jumping into without some guidance. So uh, my background has really stemmed in the outdoor recreation field as well as the environmental preservation and advocacy field. Before I worked for REI, I worked for Keep Austin Beautiful here in Austin um, and had a lot of involvement with the um, cleanup programs that happen all around the city and the Adopt-A-Creek programs that specifically work on Austin's creeks, such as Shoal Creek. And, um, you know, that was a really great opportunity for me as well to learn more about Austin's creek networks, Austin's watersheds, mm -hmm. and um, really get to connect with our natural environment that's very different from the environment that I grew up with in South Carolina, uh, where I went to college and had my childhood and have been blessed to, to land in Texas uh, after, you know, the last nine years, but um, it's been a, a learning curve to learn different types of climate, different types of bioregions, different types of plants, and it's just been a, a great learning curve to come and uh, have all these experiences in Austin that have led to uh, Shoal Creek Conservancy. So what led you to the passion of um, environmental protection and conservancy and your kind of just general love for the outdoors. Have you always been in that mindset? 
It kind of came uh, around the, the middle school, high school years, I believe. Um, I grew up in um, a household that didn't go outdoors very much uh, with intention, and we didn't have national parks and uh, many state parks around. We just kind of had our um, neighborhood playground and playgrounds with our elementary schools, and that was the outdoors for us. So um, around middle school, I actually was fortunate enough to have a scholarship to go to a camp in the Blue Ridge Mountains that completely changed my life. And it was a camp that uh, was fully immersed in nature. You did everything outdoors all day, except for eat and sleep. And should I stop for the... No, keep going. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not that loud. Okay, apologize for the background noise. <laughs> With pretty views comes the uh, unintended noises sometimes. But uh, in the, the camp in Blue Ridge Mountains, we were really able to explore a lot of outdoor places that are very different from where the scenery around which I grew up. And there were a lot of people that were very different yeah. than the folks I grew up around uh, who were really conscious about environmental advocacy, conscious about their actions and how it impacted the environment around them. Um, you know, I also met a lot of people who were vegetarian and that led to me being a vegetarian for the rest of my life. Wow. And, um, you know, just, there was a lot of discussion about how our personal decisions impact people and places around us. And I think that was really the moment that, um, made me feel more comfortable in nature and mm -hmm. more emotionally and spiritually connected to outdoor spaces that, Kind of has just driven the rest of my my work towards this type of theme and environment that's awesome wow how transformational that one camp was uh, that's really interesting uh, it's it is interesting what shapes our lives and sometimes it's a it's one experience like that that just completely transforms you know maybe it could have been that you ran into something in high school or later if you missed that camp um, you know, maybe it was in you uh, always and that just kind of lit the fire, but uh, it is interesting that you kind of can tie it back to that and then everything from that moment kind of shifted and, and moved uh, on its own journey. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I feel very thankful for that experience and, and, and since then, you know, have worked at a variety of camps and parks and organizations that care for outdoor spaces but I definitely think that that was that was the turning point yeah wow that's awesome so the conservancy I know a lot of Austinites have seen you know all the crazy amount of changes that have happened in Austin and with that you know the beautification and you know whether it's you know planting trees and you know all the things that Austin does to keep Austin natural and beautiful and green but a lot of people still don't know what the Conservancy is. Would you mind talking us through some of the goals and, um, and you know, all the projects you guys are working on? Sure. I probably won't tell you about all of them because <laughs> it, it is a wide swath of work. But uh, the Conservancy was formed in 2013, and it really was formed as a neighborhood coalition a group of people who wanted to see more uh, effective work and advocacy around the Shoal Creek Trail and the creek itself. And um, with a, about a year long feasibility study from various residents and support from business owners and city departments in the area, um, you know, the, the 
support for the Conservancy became clear enough to form this formal organization that would go forth and protect and be a voice for Shoal Creek Trail and Shoal Creek itself. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that Shoal Creek is actually an 11 mile waterway that runs through Austin. So uh, I'm here at the 9th Street intersection near Duncan Park and the 9th Street BMX jumps. And as most people know, the creek flows from this area down to Lady Bird Lake and empties into the Colorado River. But what a lot of folks don't realize is that it actually starts way up by the domain. So the 11 mile stretch runs all the way through North Austin, Central Austin, through downtown and into the lake. Um, so we have really tried to amplify the awareness of what the creek is, where the creek is, why it's healthy or why it should be healthy and extend uh, you know, all of its reach throughout the, uh, the community and really be an inviting place for the entire community to come to. Um, we have been having a lot of opportunities lately to produce more events, more um, programs that allow people to get engaged with the creek and come visit different trailheads or parking lots or areas that they didn't probably realize were access points. And that's a big goal of ours is to ensure that people understand how they can access and interact with the creek and understand that this is a public resource that's here for everyone to enjoy and just sort of make that first step, make that first connection with folks to come and uh, start interacting with this public outdoor space while behind the scenes trying to get people's understanding of uh, how they interact with the, the trail and what kind of water quality issues there are in the creek to come up with some advocacy measures to improve all of those things. Yeah, you have a lot going on. Um, this program relies entirely on public-private partnership. Can you tell me what it's like to run an organization like that? Yes, it is busy. <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm, I'm taking away from all of this. Um, it's busy and it's really interesting and fun because you get to work with so many different voices and you get to work with folks who have expertise in very different ways. Um, on the, the public side, you know, we're working very closely with the Austin Transportation Department, with the Watershed Protection Department, uh, Parks and Rec Department, Public Works Department. They're folks who, you know, have great passion for outdoor spaces and we have a lot of that? <laughs> there's a lot going on right here i chose a bad time in the morning to be on this block <laughs> uh hopefully we'll we'll have a, a quieter street here soon there's folks walking their dogs there's someone running nope cycling behind me so for the most part it's pretty quiet activities but uh i guess we also interacted with um this week's trash pickup time. <laughs> but, you know, I think as far as the public-private partnership goes, there really is a lot of um, opportunity to get to know folks who logistically understand the health of creeks and what makes a healthy creek, what makes a healthy ecosystem. Um, we get to work with folks who understand the engineering needs around uh, urban trails and trails that really um, are, accessible to all ages and abilities. And we're able to combine the resources that we are connecting with on the city level with more of these, you know, higher levels of expertise with the folks that we're interacting with in the community who might not know that you need to have a certain 
amount of elevation change for a um, you know person who needs to use a special type of cycle or you know a different type of mobility device to get down mm -hmm. a trail they might not know that you need to have a certain type of um, rise over run for that trail but they do know that it's an important thing for their community and their neighbor might want to use a trail that's accessible to all ages and abilities and um, that's really where that intersection of uh, expertise and shared experiences comes together to inform the best possible outcome. People who are out using public spaces, who know what they want to see in the community, having conversations uh, through Shoal Creek Conservancy staff with these folks who are planning the logistics of all of the projects and public space improvements, um, you know, really comes out with the best possible, most deeply informed outcome. Yeah, and you, um, you guys have a, a couple of different opportunities for the public to voice their opinions on, uh, on, on what you're doing. Uh, did I see that you have an open period coming up pretty soon for, for comments? Yes, so there are always a variety of things happening on the city level that we'll try to amplify and share. Um, currently, there is some work being done on bike lanes on Burnett Road that would eventually help to connect the Shoal Creek Trail to the Northern Walnut Creek Trail, which we will talk about in more depth in a bit. But um, we also will be hosting a second round of public feedback um, community engagement period during uh, the, the end of June. So um, probably between end of June to second or third week of July will be taking community feedback on what they'd like to see with the trail connection at 3rd Street in Shoal Creek. And this is a major area that has a lot of deep, deep history for the city of Austin. Um, it's an area where tons of pedestrian and cyclist uh, interaction happens over the creek at the existing bike and hike bridge. Um, it's an area where the Lance Armstrong bikeway uh, runs through but kind of gets disconnected. Um, so there's there's a lot going on at 3rd Street and Shoal Creek that can be improved to help improve the cyclist and pedestrian safety as well as the enjoyment of the outdoor spaces in that area. So uh, we will be sharing a website that has a set of proposed projects that have come out of years and years of discussion within the community um, to showcase what we propose as a set of um, new plazas, new public outdoor gathering spaces, new trail improvements, and um, see if folks have any feedback on those preliminary designs. And once we get the public's feedback incorporated, then we can move on to coming up with some more concrete construction designs and figuring out how we're gonna make all these improvements happen and make the safety changes that need to happen to make this area much more friendly for pedestrians and cyclists. You guys have so much going on. You're, you're a young organization with a really, really small team. Um, tell me, what are some of the, the obstacles that you, you have overcome and how? How do, you, how do you overcome that with such a small team? How do you do what you do? <laughs> when, when I started one year ago, there were two of us. So <laughs> um, I would say that, you know, the organization has a history of being sort of lean and mean and um, just trying to amplify as many voices as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's really where I think the, the highest level of effectiveness comes from. Um, in the past year, we have expanded our staff to a total of five. 
and that's allowed us to have more frequent public programs, so more frequent um, educational tours on the trail, more frequent volunteer work days. Granted, we're in a time period right now where we're not able to host those gatherings, but we are hoping to be able to resume those soon this summer. Um, but we have definitely grown this small team to be able to handle a little more of the, um, the work so that we're able to just have a little deeper connection with the folks we're talking to, have a little more thoughtful uh, processes when we go into community feedback periods or public education. You know, we just have a, a little more capacity to um, figure out the best ways to extend this message and encourage folks to come out on the trail. But five is still small and uh, we have a great board that helps support us. We have a great group of volunteers that help support us. Um, even where I am right now, there's quite a few businesses surrounding here that both support the organization financially and by volunteers uh, by sending their employees out to work on the trail a couple mm -hmm. times a year. So I think that the, the support that we've seen from outside the organization as well as inside has really made it so that we can be more effective as a small team. And another thing that um, allows us to uh, really extend the reach of our work is that we're, we're working to bring in all of these communities to get, you know, the understanding of what improvements folks want to see mm -hmm. in outdoor space and then sharing that information as a mediator with the city departments who are implementing projects and we're working with them to identify funds that can support these projects on the ground. These are funds that have already been budgeted to parks or trails or um, roadway projects and we are simply sharing the community's desires to see how they want those public funds spent. So a lot of the time that we might otherwise be spending raising capital funds to purchase equipment or purchase construction contracts to build the on the ground projects, we can redirect that time and effort to engaging more voices in the conversation. That's great. I know with such a passion for what you're doing in a small team, so much going on, how do you handle, um, how do you handle all of it? How do you juggle and handle it emotionally? If there's someone or um, something that you turn to for, for help <laughs> being at the, the top and having all these, you know, balls in the air. Recently, uh, I've turned to running. <laughs> I have never been a runner ever in my life and um, really thought it was torture for a long time. But um, I, I think that if I'm feeling drained, talking about it will sometimes help, but more often getting outside and clearing my head and having something recenter the reason why you're doing the work is more effective. So I'll try to come out on the trail and go on a long bike ride or a hike at least once a week. Um, I'll try to go running at home and we have lots of pets, a um, little bit of a, a crazy animal person. So we'll hang out with our cats and dogs and cows. Uh, we have a small farm, so we've got some cattle and you know, honestly just spending out time outside with animals and with nature is really rejuvenating and then spending time on the trail and in Austin is really great to help uh, see why this is a need and see why there are so many people out and how they're interacting with the outdoor spaces in different ways and understanding that 
you know, it's, it's not just because I love the, the outdoors that I do this work. It's because there are tons of people out here who are using the trail and more would use it if they felt comfortable finding a trailhead or safe going around a blind curve in the mm -hmm. trail. So that's really what helps me get back on track if I feel a little overwhelmed. That's awesome. That's a great reminder. Uh, it's, it's fantastic that your, your why is uh, so accessible. That's very clear what you're doing. You can just jump right into it and be like, this is why I'm doing it because other people want to experience the same thing. Uh, it's difficult with, uh, you know, other types of businesses, you know, people create a product and then they forget about why they started that product to begin with, you know, and it's, it's easy to disconnect from the original purpose and mission. It's great that you can just jump right into it at any given time and say, this is it. I'm here. This is why, why I'm doing this. I'll tell you with COVID-19, it's even more obvious right now because you're seeing more people getting out on the trail. You're seeing more people in parks all over the city. Uh, you're seeing more creative uses of the parks because people have a little more time on their hands to do different activities that they wouldn't normally uh, have time to do. Uh, you're even seeing the Healthy Streets program, which just came out to close down a certain number of streets across town so that they're open and safe for more recreation in what would typically be vehicle lanes. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's always been obvious when you go on any of Austin's trails to see how they're really needed and how they're appreciated, but now more than ever, it's just critical to have that space and have that flexibility to, to go somewhere and feel like you can be uh, in nature and um, even if you're, you know, physically distancing from other people, you still feel connected to your community when mm -hmm. you're on these spaces. So it's, it's just been really cool to watch and see how the usership has evolved over the last couple of months. Absolutely. Yeah. People are really, um, you know, haven't been able to get into, you know, restaurants and their, their normal spaces. So they're really getting out and enjoying the outdoors. One of the things that I think is so phenomenal about Austin in general is uh, the community's commitment to our outdoor spaces and that they actually use them. You know, like you said, you're, you're where you grew up, they didn't have that many and, and they weren't utilized. Um, in most places where I have been, especially the cities, uh, the outdoor spaces just really aren't that utilized, so they're not as valued. So it's great that Austin is committed to that still. Absolutely. What's been your biggest challenge uh, or, or your biggest obstacle that you or hardest decision as you've kind of moved and evolved in your position? Well, in gathering opinions from, you know, everyone across the city, you're always going to have some opinions that differ from others. And I think that um, finding middle ground in conversations where there's differing opinions uh, is, is probably the biggest obstacle and most stressful thing to deal with, you know, when you enjoy being outdoors and you enjoy having, you know, relaxing time connecting to nature, you feel like there's, there's not a lot to, to disagree with, but when you get into the nitty gritty of different projects and how they can evolve, um, you know, there's just, there's varying levels of, um, you know, varying things that folks want to see happen in their public outdoor spaces and everyone should be involved in this conversation to make sure that they're seeing their money and their spaces serve the needs that they want and need 
Um, but, you know, there are some times where we have some more specific details that are just not popular amongst every everyone in a group and everyone in a room. So, um, you know, figuring out how to decide if a trail extension is going to be nine feet versus 12 feet. You know, that's a, a small example, but there are certain things that can come up in conversations that can really spark um, some differing opinions and I think finding a way to uh, address each of those tactfully and respectfully to hear everyone's opinion and then find what the most um, middle ground answer is, is going to be always one of the most complicated things to do. But I'm glad that there are people sharing their opinions, even if they're not in the majority or even if they're not, um, you know, the, the ones that are always the loudest voices. We want to hear them all. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. I'm just taking a short break to thank one of our sponsors, 5D Show Services. 5D is a full service trade show, display, graphics, and services company with over 30 years of experience. They partner with companies of all sizes to help plan and execute the best trade shows and events on time and on budget. I've worked with Danny at 5D for over 15 years and continue to be impressed with the level of service and quality he and his team provide. For more information on their capabilities, visit 5dshowservices.com. That's the number 5D showservices.com. You mentioned earlier um, you know, the, uh, how COVID-19 is affecting you know, people being in, on the trails. How has it affected how you run the organization and your team? Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, spring is a big season for all outdoor organizations, especially in Texas. We have beautiful weather, we have beautiful flowers. It's the best time to get out there after a lazy winter and go do volunteer projects and feel the sunshine. So we had just started ramping up our spring volunteer season and event season when everything sort of shut down. So uh, starting in mid-March, we started working from home and canceled all of our projects after um, the, the March 7th. It's my park day, volunteer work day. Um, and that's, that's had a bit of a toll on the creek and on the trail. And as I bike past certain areas, I realized, you know, this is where we would have cut back some of that overgrowth of vegetative material that's come in during the spring. And now it's just growing into the trail. And this is where we would have uh, done a trash collection workday where the trash is starting to pile up after some floods. So, you know, there's definitely a need for getting back out into the community after we're allowed to start having events and parks again, and it's safe to do so. Um, so I'm really excited for the fall and being able to reestablish some of those um, educational events, the work days, and some of our more fun gatherings as well. We had a couple of social and fundraising events planned for this spring that had to be rescheduled or canceled. Um, so that's, that causes a whole separate set of concerns for the organization, but we're hoping that almost everything can be rescheduled and sort of caught up this fall. 
So as you've you've gone through the um, the processes of you know learning the organization, learning your um, your constituency, whether it's the public sector or like you said, having to work with um, you know the, the governments and engineers, what systems do you have in place to make sure that you're staying true to your passion and your goals uh, in making a difference in people's lives? Yeah. Um personally just being in it really does help and being aware of seeing another person bike by right now and you know hearing the voices of the the kids biking on the ninth street jumps so that really does help um i don't know if it's as much of a system as just a personal practice um, but one of the things that i've been trying to uh, get started in the time of covid which is a little difficult is uh, take the opportunities for a brand new team since we have gone from two to five employees just in the past nine months, uh, take that opportunity to get those new team members together on the creek and do some trainings, go you know, back to basics. You know, not everybody who comes to work for us has a background in water science or park management. So you know, having the opportunity to go out on the creek and look at certain areas that need a um, you know riparian restoration project done and talking through why that is and what the effects are if you if you have more erosion along a creek bank um, you know that's that's something that we haven't had the chance to do much uh, in the time of covid but that we are planning on instituting as soon as we're able to and really start building up a robust training program that would hopefully be able to then spill over into our public education events so that the education events are not simply um you know talking about the more visible things on the trail like identifying birds identifying trees although those are really popular tours and we want to continue those as well um you know we can do a little bit more on the the water and environmental education side by incorporating more of the um, science behind why it's important to have riparian restoration work days up and down the creek and, and why it's important to have the community involved in this work so um, I would say, you know, that's, that's a, a system and a program that we hope to be able to implement very soon. And I think we'll have lasting and really large impacts for our team feeling empowered themselves and for that uh, information to be able to be shared with our community. How are you managing making decisions like that with all, with so much of your organization relying on volunteers and getting out and, and getting together. Um, I, I personally feel like there's no way to make a decision in this life right now. Um, so yeah. how are you, how are you managing that as far as, you know, the ability and inability to make decisions? It's very difficult right now. Um, every day we have to change the assumption about what the next month will look like and you know i i don't think we'll have the answers anytime soon but for now at least when planning how to proceed with our summer programs and fall programs we're just trying to plan as far out as possible for anything that would be in person mm -hmm. um, so for example our shoal creek social which is our annual gathering and fundraising event is planned for the last day of september um, our first in-person tour may happen in August. 
So everything up until that point that's publicly facing will happen on uh, Google Meets or Zoom, mm -hmm. you know, an online educational um, workshop that's interactive, or we've shifted to doing um, weekly educational videos mm -hmm. instead of our in-person tours. And that series is called Creek Lessons. And they're, they're Bill Nye inspired weekly short tidbits about Shoal Creek and wildlife you can find along Shoal Creek. So there's, there's been a lot of uh, things adapting and try, we're trying to predict what the future may hold while giving ourselves lots of flexibility, knowing that at any point in time, we might have to change the plan. We might have to move something to being online. We might have to just cancel some type of in-person event altogether and that's okay. And we're gonna get through it and everybody's dealing with this unknown at the same time so it's it's difficult but i think we're also just approaching it with a mindset of nobody has the answers we just have to do what we can to continue serving our mission and serving our programs and if if some of them need to look different then they will and then we'll get back to the way that we want to do things when the time comes so we talked about earlier um, before we uh, started the interview, the concept of um, you feeling like you have just settled into a feeling of knowing of where you are and what you're doing and you know having a grasp on things and then all of a sudden everything changed. Um, how did you handle that emotionally and how did you communicate with your team through that, that big shift as everything shut down oh well that's that's been interesting because through the time that uh when i had, from the time i had started through the time that we had to start working from home there were about nine months that were very much focused on getting to learn our pro projects getting to learn our partners and meet all of the folks that we work closely with uh while hiring and so hiring you know Takes, takes a fair amount of time and energy and uh, really just ended about one month before we started working from home. So our uh, newest team member joined us three weeks before our first work from home day. And it has been very interesting and I have to applaud her for being able to get on board and get ramped up very quickly <laughs> uh, without having all of the traditional onboarding meetings and opportunities to see a lot of our work in action before really needing to be able to, um, you know, do, do work from home to progress the mission. Um, so it's, it's been quite a, an interesting time just adapting and learning and trying to figure out how to move forward now that I feel a little bit more settled in my own role and that our team has settled into the number of staff that we would like to have. Um, and in a way, working from home and COVID-19 shook everything up and made it all much more confusing and difficult to plan and uh, scary for the future, to be perfectly honest. Um, and in some ways, it almost had the reverse effect on me emotionally because there were opportunities for me to be in a room with other people who have been doing a similar job as myself for much longer, you know, in some cases a decade longer, two decades longer, and we're sitting there asking each other the same questions. Mm -hmm. And that has been really interesting. You know, no one really knows how long we'll be feeling the effects of COVID-19. No one really knows 
you know, what the best way to proceed is with in-person programs and volunteer events, which we really rely heavily on for progressing our work. Um, so it's, it's been kind of nice to have those conversations and feel equally as unaware as what, what the right thing to do is with other folks. But, um, you know, once we get through this, I think everybody, myself and the rest of our team will feel stronger and feel more prepared to take on unexpected challenges. And that's, that's one of the positive uh, takeaways that I'm trying to have in the whole uh, environment of, of what's happening right now. That's a great way to think about it. I think, um, you know, similar for me, I started this company a year and a half ago and um, it, it has been interesting to t and, and eye-opening to talk with other businesses, uh, business owners and learn that, yeah, we're all having the same challenges as far as, you know, they may have had even more systems put in place that they have to shift and, and revise versus being able to, um, you know, take the newness of your position and, and be more malleable because it's new, because you don't have those, you know, longstanding, this is how we do everything. And, uh, you know, everybody expects it to be a certain way or expects communication to happen a certain way. Uh, sometimes being new provides you with a little bit more flexibility. Um, and you, you think that you don't know, but really nobody does anyway, right? We're all figuring it out as we go along. Some people just do it uh, with a better look of confidence. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Tell me what in, in all of your work and all of your life, what are you most grateful for? In all of my work and all of my life. <laughs> I know, big question. Um, it is a big question, but it's an exciting one. And um, I, I really do think if we're kind of taking a step further back in time that um, I, I got lucky with some of the chances that I was given early on. Um, I was not necessarily in a, um, a place to go travel a lot as a kid or um, you know see different states or environments or interesting natural spaces and the topic of um, conservation and uh, water and soil science was just not in, in my life at all. So um, having a couple of opportunities early on where I could learn from folks who really had an appreciation for conservation and for the natural environment made a big difference in having the opportunities um, throughout high school to do even more with outdoor recreation and learning how to build up teams and build up confidence in kids and adults through outdoor recreation activities. Um, I think that was, a, that had a big, big impact. And um, I just feel really appreciative of having the opportunity to um, work in some spaces where I had free time to go through big growth periods of my life in nature and feel supported by the outdoors through that time period. And also allow for other folks to come to kind of, um, interpersonal or emotional realizations themselves through outdoor recreation. It's just so powerful to see someone learn a new skill or get through a, um, you know, trusting exercise with a team in the outdoors. There's so much that can come out of it that really feels like lasting impressions and lasting confidence that um, I, I just don't know if I would have 
had the same uh, trajectory with the theme of my work or the trajectory of, of my confidence and, um, you know, feeling like I can, I can do as many things as I have done without that beginning. So I definitely feel appreciative of that. And, you know, now I've just been very, very lucky to have a great team. So I have to give them lots of credit and lots of shout outs because they are really amazing and um, thoughtful and patient and hardworking. And I think that if it weren't for them, I, I wouldn't feel as, um, as much joy in the work as I do. But I think that, you know, we're, we're going to be okay through all the, the challenges because this is a really resilient team that has a very big heart and they're going to continue to be motivated by making safer and more welcoming outdoor spaces. That's fantastic. Beautiful. Where do you find your inspiration? Um, well, <laughs> other than uh, the cheesy things that are coming to mind, <laughs> all I can think of is <laughs> the babbling brooks. <laughs> yeah. And turtles. Um, I, if I, if I felt confident enough to do a screen share right now, I would show you some of the, um, the little videos I've filmed recently along Shoal Creek of, of turtles playing together, like oh, wow. little tag, you're it chases in the water. It's so cute. It's so adorable. Um, and you know, seeing families gather around the low water crossings and I, I feel really inspired by seeing a lot of joy and just kind of playfulness in the outdoors, whether it's people or, or nature. And um, that's, that's great that it happens now, but it can happen in a much better way. So for example, uh, one of the goals of Shoal Creek Conservancy that's coming out of our watershed action plan, which is a document that we're just finishing up the creation of right now, uh, which lays out um, 10, 20 years worth of projects that are gonna help improve the water quality in Shoal Creek. Um, one of the, the goals for that plan is to create a fishable and swimmable creek. And right now, this is not necessarily a, you know, highly polluted creek that, um, you know, turns black with, with uh, pollution, but it is a creek that has a lot of urban runoff. And it is a creek that has a lot of dog waste around its banks. And um, there's a lot that can be done to improve the water quality. And right now, it's not recommended for people to swim in Shoal Creek. And it's not recommended for you to eat the fish that you pull out of Shoal Creek. So um, I think that having that improvement happen over time to where the water quality can sustain more of those playful, joyful activities is going to be a huge benefit for the whole Austin community and, and will make us feel like we're really giving back to the space and the health of the, the nat natural space for the, the benefit of people and the wildlife that depends on it. So it's, it's certainly a goal and, and certainly something that I feel inspired to continue working towards whenever we're out on the creek and seeing the way that people want to be engaging with the creek. Mm -hmm. I love that you saw the turtles play. It's interesting um, how we pass through and by nature so much uh, that we very rarely just sit and stop and watch as a society. And uh, I was just talking with my friends last night about um, the play period, playfulness periods 
that uh, it seems like all species have, uh, you know, and we, we take it for granted as humans that, you know, there's this, um, this season of life of, of like great play, imaginative play and just playfulness. But if we really stop and watch, it seems like everything at, in that childhood, you know, early childhood, it, you know, smaller uh, amounts of time for different animals and species, but it seems like everything plays. Like if you just watch it long enough, I, I was telling my friends that I saw a deer, a fawn, play with a bunny in my backyard a couple oh. of years ago. And, um, and they said, oh, why didn't you get your camera and you know, put it on Facebook or whatever? And I said, because I didn't know how long it was going to last. And it was so wonderful. I just wanted to watch. I didn't want to have to run away and film it. And, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it reminded me, um, that all species have that kind of season of play and how important it is in the development of that animal. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's something that we need, especially as adults and as we're going through, you know, all of this stressful time in our, our lives that um, play is important and, and stopping to watch, like you said, you know, be inspired by, um, and be inspired by other people enjoying it too. I think that's beautiful that you said that, that, you know, you like seeing the turtles play, but you also love watching other families notice things in nature. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. and, and kids can make anything so magical. I think, Oh, I can't remember exactly what he was, but I saw one little boy uh, near Cider Springs last week who was playing in the creek, going over the rock hop and, um, you know, going down into the creek and then jumping back up and proclaiming something about, I think he was an astronaut, uh, <laughs> you know, how we're, we're blasting off and then you go back down. It's like, oh, I have to get my rocket ready and then come back up. Now it's time for blast off. And it was just, you know, it has nothing to do with a creek, but it's something that allows you to have varying spaces and varying types of, of things to witness and interact with and it just allows the imagination to wander. So um, yeah, all, all kinds of outdoor spaces can um, inspire that playful behavior. I just think it's so, so fun, but I'll have to send you the turtle video because it's worth a watch. Do, please do. Yeah, I would love to see that. I have another shout out. This one is to Wimberly Films. This is a husband and wife team that loves the art of filmmaking. With over 20 years of experience capturing the magic of life and business, they transform moments and memories into tangible treasures. I've seen these folks in action and it's amazing. Their work is breathtaking. To see some of their work, look them up on Facebook or visit their website, wimberlyfilms.com. That's wimberlyfilms.com. What or whom are you most proud of? Hmm, that's a really, really good question. I've already doted on, on our staff a lot, mm -hmm. <laughs> which, which I could continue to do. Um, but I would say there have been a couple of folks who um, have really shown over time that they've been able to 
make connections with nature that uh, were not anticipated. Um, a couple of folks that I've worked with over the years who I remember coming into an outdoor recreation field with a little bit of anxiety and, um, you know, sort of a traditional fear of the outdoors, fear of camping in the dark, fear of heights. Um, and, you know, without calling them all out by name, there have definitely been a lot of folks who I've just watched grow so much through challenging themselves through these little activities. Um, you know, it might seem little to, to someone who's done them before, but to climb 20 feet up a rock wall or to mountain bike on a trail that's not paved is such a huge, huge inspiration. Um, you know, I, I used to work at the University of South Carolina climbing gym and watching students go up the wall there was an amazing experience. We saw tears, we saw screams, we saw everything <laughs> in between, and then people always came down more proud. Yeah. Always. No matter how terrified you are when you're in the middle of something, coming back down and feeling like you've accomplished something new is always such a huge um, win, personal win that I think that's, that's just been an amazing thing to see. Um, you know, I've got a lot of family members and friends who have been exploring new things on their own as well. And that's always fun to be able to see something that you care about be tested by those you love. And, and eventually they learn like, oh, you're not just crazy trying to go do things outside and, and do things that might seem dangerous. They're actually fun. Um, but I, I think that there's, there's a lot of room for those opportunities. And I'm always proud of people that are willing to put themselves out there and go try something new, try something that's uncomfortable, speak up for something that they believe in that's maybe not popular, um, continue to just have involvement in, in a variety of experiences. And that's always gonna turn out for the better. That's awesome. That's kind of been a theme um, the last couple of weeks that, uh, that I've, in my life, the courage to you know, push through your fear and then how proud you are, like you said, coming coming back down or looking back, like, oh my gosh, I never thought I could do that, and I did. Yeah, exactly. And watching other people do that, watching kids do that is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us what ways, um, I know it might be hard to talk about right now, but what are some ways that people can get involved uh, in the Conservancy um, or support uh, I know you guys have um, social media channels where you're, you're showing some of these educational videos. Um, yeah. you know, tell us how to, how to support you. Sure. So we do have lots of updates that go out on social media. We also have a newsletter that goes out monthly, so hopefully not too, too frequently, but gives lots of good updates. Um, we have community engagement meetings and online uh, platforms where folks can participate in the conversation around new projects coming up. Uh, so again, if you're interested in giving feedback on the Shoal Creek Trail improvements by Third Street and Shoal Creek, uh, July, first, first couple weeks of July is when to look out for that, both on the Shoal Creek Conservancy website and our social media pages. Um, the, the website is shoalcreekconservancy.org. And I just encourage everyone, whether you want to come out to a future in-person tour when we're able to have them, or just find um, a trailhead on our interactive map on the website, 
just come check out the creek, come check out the trail. You'll learn that there are so many pocket parks and just pocket green spaces hidden in our in our city that this trail connects to. It's just a really magical experience if you don't normally go on any of the trails throughout Austin. It's not just Shoal Creek, but just finding, wandering around and finding new things that you didn't know existed is a really fun activity for anybody. Um, we are also currently working on a project that will, uh, we're advocating for the connection of our current trail to the new bike lanes that have just been added to Shoal Creek Boulevard to then connect further north of 183 to the Northern Walnut Creek Trail. Mm -hmm. And this would allow for a 13 mile trail uh, roughly along Shoal Creek to exist that would then connect to Lady Bird Lake Trail, Northern mm -hmm. Walnut Creek Trail, and eventually be an entire loop around the city of 30 continuous miles. That's amazing the city of Austin. And that is something that we're really, really excited about. And we want folks to be in engaged in those conversations about new connecting trails and connecting bike lanes across the northern part of the city, the northeastern and eastern crescent of the city. Um, that is really an impactful goal that we want to be able to help with as much as possible to be able to see all these communities across Austin connected through green space that's safe and accessible and can connect you to other places that you might not typically go by car or within your own neighborhood. So uh, the big loop is what we're referring to that project as, and there will be some more information on our website along with a uh, projected map of the route soon. And um, if you'd like to get involved with that, please reach out to us. Um, you can also be uh, in touch with the Red Line Parkway Initiative, which is another uh, organization who's working to make a lot of trail connections in this area um, and connect the the Northern Walnut Creek Trail in, in many other parts of the city. So there's just a lot happening that will continue to bring all of us together both with nature and with each other and I think that's the most exciting thing that folks should stay tuned and, and keep an eye on right now because um, there's there's a lot of ways to post your opinions and get involved in the near future with that. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, um, and taking advantage of and being, you know, uh, going out and, and utilizing all the awesome spaces. I know with COVID, like we were talking about earlier, people are getting out in a way that they hadn't before. Um, I remember when I first moved to Austin 20 years ago, I lived on Riverside and I wanted to ride my bike to um, Zilker Park. And it was really dangerous to do that then. And now because of, you know, organizations like yours and, uh, and people who are dedicated to, um, you know, making this a uh, bikeable city, a walkable city, now there's opportunities to easily walk or ride your bike from uh, the east side all the way to Zilker Park. And now, you know, like you're talking about all the way up to Walnut Creek and down to South Austin. And there's been so much done in the last 20 years. Um, you know, we see the big sky rises go up, but at the same time, there's been so much really great work by people like you and people that share your same passions to, um, to make this city safe for outdoor recreation. And it keeps it a beautiful city, even in the midst of all the growth and construction. Absolutely. And I just want to give a quick shout out to all those organizations as well. Um, 
before I was with Shoal Creek Conservancy and working with REI, part of my role was to administer grants to mm -hmm. trail building organizations throughout the Austin area. Um, so that included folks like um, the Trail Foundation and Austin Parks Foundation and uh, the Austin Ridge Riders who focus primarily on mountain bike trails. Um, and so there's just been, you know, this great opportunity for me to learn even more about those trail oriented organizations in town. And so many of them have just made amazing strides. Um, you know, even Hill Country Conservancy with the Violet Crown Trail, which uh, has plans to be a 30 mile long trail in itself, uh, mm -hmm. stretching through multiple counties. You know, there's, there's just a ton of amazing work being done. So I want to give lots of kudos to everyone who has uh, been at this work much longer than myself, but continues to strive to see Austin become even more connected and uh, more safe for folks who just want to get outdoors and experience nature in the, the midst of all the other man-made things around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of, the one of the things that brought me to Austin, the reason that I moved here was Town Lake and the ability to go from being in the middle of the city to what felt like the middle of nowhere quickly. Um, so I, I applaud and thank you and all the people that are doing the great work to keep uh, that and extend it uh, as, as the community grows, the city grows, that we you know, invest just as much time and energy and, and funding into our beautiful, beautiful green spaces. So thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate all of your time and I hope that um, people find the time to go to your website and see how to get involved, get, you know, give um, attention to all the projects that you're working on and see how we can get involved and then also get out and, and utilize those awesome spaces that you're creating and working on. Absolutely, we hope to see everyone out there. It's beautiful weather right now, so come join us. Do it now before it's 120 degrees. <laughs> Thank you again. Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion. <laughs>